Okay. There we are. Hey there, beautiful people. So, yeah, said that already. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's Michael. And, and it's Colleen. We're back again. Married couple. Yeah, The still. Keens. <laughs> still married, week still. four. <laughs> Haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> week four of the por podcast, not yeah, of our marriage. Week four of our marriage, yeah. <laughs> Every day is a new yes. day. It's a new start. This is podcast number four, though. And um, today we're going to be talking about the foreigner life. <laughs> being I'm, a foreigner, yeah. being married to a foreigner. I'm the foreigner, in case you were wondering. Oh, I'm a foreigner in your eyes, though, really. Well, yeah, to an extent. Yeah. yeah. In your country, though, so it doesn't count. I'm just saying. We're both foreigners to each yeah. other. Yeah. Right? Suppose. Right? I suppose. I suppose. I think so. That yeah. makes sense. I suppose you should probably take this off. You got a point. St. Louis, like this, would be a great little shot there. People Perfect. would be disappointed <laughs> if I didn't. People probably thought, especially Matt Hutchinson, probably thought I wasn't wearing a Liverpool top for once. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. But I've got one on underneath, especially for you, Matt. There it is. Yeah. It's on. So, just to kind of recap on how Michael is a foreigner in the States. <laughs> um, one, I yeah. was not born here. Yes. Um, so yeah, born and raised in, in Dublin and, uh, how I got here was, I had no clue what I wanted to do after, after high school and they might have told me, you're not cut out for being a tradesman. She basically said to me, do you really, you want to be out in the cold in the winter building houses and shit? I said, no, I'm too delicate for that. I get, <laughs> I get, delicate. I get blisters pointing at stuff, so. It uh, wasn't wasn't cut out for me. So there was a um, there was a couple of lads that came around the schools recruiting for a one year course back home, and it was just a one year soccer course. So we basically played year uh, played um, soccer for ten months out of the year, um, and we played about five hours a day, just training and and the theory of soccer and things like that, um, and then we did two hours of math and English. Or mats in English, as we would say. Um, but Mets. the idea of it was that the whole course, the 10-1 course, was all geared towards coming over here to play in a tournament in Memphis. In the, the was it Mike Rose? Yeah, Mike Rose Stadium in Memphis. Um, and initially, I'd, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, right, I'll take this year to just fart around and figure out what I do want to do. At the time, I had a girlfriend and everything, so I didn't want to... I had no intention of going anywhere, because I was madly in love. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh, young love. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just towards the end of the course, we came over here and played in Memphis, and I actually got injured, pulled both groins in the same game um, two weeks before we came over here to Memphis. So it, even at that then, I was kind of like... Well, that's it. I have no chance because I'm not going to be able to play and coaches won't be able to see me. So I kind of resigned to the fact that I wasn't going to come over or at least even shoot for a scholarship. So I ended up, I came over anyway to the to Memphis for that tournament and um, I got to play a few games, maybe two um, out of the seven or eight that we actually played. And wasn't really expecting anything. Came back and finished off the last few weeks of the course and... One of the, the lads, Jim, um, who was running the course, Jim and Denny were the two guys that ran it. And it was, uh, they came to me and said, look, I have this coach in, in Missouri 
um, which I hadn't a clue what, where Missouri was, but <laughs> said they have this coach in Missouri that's looking looking for a centre back or a sweeper, um, and you and another fella, Keith, came to mind, and we had a, we basically, you said if you want to get some information together, send it to him, chat with him, see what you think, go from there, um, and luckily, between the two of us, I got chosen, and made the decision about two weeks before the application was due, <laughs> as I do, do everything slow and mm -hmm. at my own pace. But uh, yeah, I sent the application and sent all my paperwork over and uh, got offered a scholarship and went from there. So came over here, that was 16 years ago now. Um, 16 years? Yeah. Oh. And may have, may or may not have fluffed up my uh grades a little bit um because at the time mobap was i had some foreigners at the school but there wasn't a lot at that time and they didn't have a an international advisor a, a full-time international advisor so the person that was doing it was just kind of winging it and then when i came over in order to be eligible you had to have a 2.0 or higher 2.5 or higher one or the other um but when you if you were to translate the grades that I got in my leaving cert, which is our last exam before we leave high school, which is we do five years of high school at home, um, mine wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been eligible for the next year. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the, the brightest person, but I'm, I'm not brain dead either. But uh, my grades did not reflect reflect my ability, as you would, as most of my teachers would have told me growing up. Um, you didn't apply yourself? I, yeah, that's Great the potential. Yeah. <laughs> every every report card I ever got. Was, I'm pretty sure that's how my report cards were yeah. too. Just not, if she came just to class. If she came to class, she would do really well. Yeah. <laughs> just not applying themselves. So uh yeah, I I'd said, well, see, a B in this class would would typically because I did it in a higher level, would be an A plus. So that that's yeah. And I did that with all, all my classes. Anything like if I got a C in some I was higher level, so that would really be a B plus. So yeah. So I was eligible when I first came over. <laughs> due to some uh finagling. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's kinda that's how I got here. Um and yeah. parents told me they said, Look, go and if you don't like it, you always have a home to come home to. So I was like, Well, you know what? I'll give it a shot. And uh It had to have been so nerve wracking. Like what are you? Eighteen? Eighteen uh, when you just just turned nineteen. Just turned nineteen. Yeah. And you leave your home country that you've lived lived in for nineteen years, and you move on your own, knowing mm. nobody, because you were the only one coming from your school, correct? Yeah, I was the only one coming to to Mobap where I went. Um, there was yeah, yeah, there was there was no other Irish people here, at at Mobap. Um, so it was it was literally. Like I hadn't talked to anybody else on the phone other than the coach, who was uh, Wampa Favero, who was Argentinian gentleman, great fella, great coach. Um, but yeah, I didn't know anybody, <clears throat> knew not one soul. That's crazy. It was very scary. Yeah, so you fly over, you have all all everything you think you need, correct? <laughs> to to live in another country, I don't even know what. I mean, at a nineteen year old. What you would think you would need at that age. I mean, I'm sure your parents did a lot of, you know, for you. But, I mean, to think about being 19 years old and just going to another country, I'd be like, yeah, this is fine. I'm good to I'm go. I'm good. <laughs> I'll just, just get whatever I need when I get there. All I had was clothes. 
That yeah. was it. I just had um, and boots and I think a like your, your, three bags yeah. of clothes, shin guards and yeah. and boots, and that was about it. Yeah. How was that leaving? And some short shorts. Oh, you old, had a big party, didn't you, shorts. before you left too? No, no. You didn't have to go I, away because I only I made a I made the decision to come over last minute. Oh right, yeah. It was like I literally I'd made the decision, and then I had to get into the to the embassy and, and get a visa and all that stuff. Right. So then there's a so, whole visa, a student visa type thing that you yeah. have to go through process and all that. And, and that was, went. And that only took two weeks. It might have been. Le- I, think, I feel like it was less than two weeks. I feel like was, that's really, really good. You can't even get a passport. To the embassy, it was demented. Back and forth to the, em- to the embassy trying to figure out how to, because we were faxing paperwork back and forth and had to get that paperwork and bring it to the embassy and passports yeah. updated and all this mess. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was definitely an ordeal. And especially mm-hmm. that was just after 9-11. It was the year after 9-11. So oh, um, visas <laughs> were, were very uh, sparse. I'm sure you felt really safe. As well. Oh, well, <laughs> 19 years old, I was invincible, so I, there was no terrorist going to get me. Um, oh, man. Mm-mm. But yeah, it was. Uh, we didn't have a going away gig until till the Christmas. But um, my brother and sister, Karen and Brenda, were, were Brenda had just come back from Australia because I was leaving. So she came back a bit early, and Karen didn't come back till later that August, I think it was. Um, so, but whoever was home came out to the airport and it was uh oh it was a mess yeah i'm Absolute sure mess. emotional just ball and just yeah as a mother i'd be like oh my god oh. I, I, cried, I cried for the first two hours of the flight oh my it was, god it was a mess absolute mess walking all the way down the gangway down to the down to the gate just <laughs> whinging like am they, i making the right decision they must have thought i just went in for a for a cavity search or something because <laughs> the, the crying was non-stop but it was, uh, it yeah. was, it was exciting at the same time. It was like, yeah, it's, it's terrible that I have to go away or that I'm going away yeah. and leaving everybody behind. But at the same time, it was kind of uh, exciting because it was, it was an adventure. It was so okay. off on my own, doing me, doing me Obviously, own Ireland has a, has the euro for currency. Yeah. And we obviously have the dollars. So did the family get you money? Like, did they exchange money for you before you went, or did you have to do that on the way here? So there was a lot of family that that gave me money coming over gave, yes. me, gave me dollars they gave you dollars but, so they did it while um, they were at home but we also had to have a certain amount of money in the bank account in order to get the visa oh. um so that was just it was basically transferred from one bank account to another yeah. so when i came over here um the first two people i met were one of them was going to be my roommate for the next two years who was mm-hmm. leo argentinian nicest fella you'll ever meet and still then, a friend to this day yeah still here lives about five minutes away and then uh and then the the stereotypical American, the blonde, blonde haired, blue eyed, Marcus, um, <laughs> just that dreamboat of a man. So that's what you think of us as a typical blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. like surfer kind of people. That, that's yeah, that was. <laughs> and kinda, you're coming to the Midwest. I, well, that's the thing. I didn't <laughs> nice. know. The only thing I knew was Nelly was from here. <laughs> Nelly was from St. Louis. That's all I knew. Hey, from the Lou, and we're proud. There you go. Uh-huh. I'm more a, a mm. plaster on mm-hmm. the eyeball just to fit in. And tell everybody what a plaster is. A band-aid. A band-aid. A band-aid, yeah. One of the many words that what you will find is different. Yeah, but I still <laughs> still have trouble. I remember the first time I came, I went home and I said the word parking lot, or the words parking lot, and still haven't lived it down to this day. So it's, not, you, it's not a parking lot, it's a, a 
It's a car park. Car park. They say car park in Ireland, and we yeah. say parking lot. So everybody, all your friends, gave you a lot of shit for gave that. Gave me a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> the comedy yank for about seven years. It's the same thing as a shopping center, and we call it like a mall. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff Just, for that. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you move into this apartment, and your roommates, one is foreign and one is american so you no like, no no that was just the two people that picked me up oh they picked you up yeah, so they just and got then me from the airport you were placed into an apartment they, they christened me there and then they were like yeah. well what, what do you go by are you, are you mike are you michael are you? and they were like yeah, what your last name is kane right I said yeah so like like roy kane like kino like well yeah and that was it um, it was kino from there kino from then on yep oh. it's been there's only certain people that call me kino nowadays yeah <clears throat> that's really sweet though that's really cool isn't it <laughs> that's so sweet so nice Aww. I can just imagine you know so then you go into this apartment and then your roommates are all foreign though yeah right. so four of us there was four of us um, two Argentinians so it was Leo and then Ali um, and then Felipe Peruvian hairiest man alive <laughs> and uh, and then Juan Ajay from Uruguay he was a uh, he ended up only sticking around for one semester, which was sad, but it was uh, the few months we did have together was cool. He was uh, like a soulmate in those few How months. How long were they here by that time? Uh, Leo and Ali were only here a year before me. Oh, well, Leo was here a little bit before that because he'd come over um, to play in a tournament back in the, I think it was the April of 2001 or something like that, and had been there since. Yeah. Um, and then Ali was here for a year before I came and Felipe had just come I think a week before me or maybe just a few days before gotcha. me um, and then Juan was around the same time as well. Gotcha. So you had some kind of experience like they had some kind of experience of the American way and the Midwest way I guess too yeah. and St. Louis and how to run how to kind of do things. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. The good thing about with Leo and Ali they lived with another Argentinian lad Gustavo before that and he had a couple of years under his belt and he knew kind of the the run of the mill he knew how to how to organize things and get the school and mm -hmm. shortcuts the school and yeah because i can imagine that. that's got to be scary too like you just show up and you're like i have no idea where i'm going how am i yeah. getting there what you know who's who do i talk to or anything like yeah. you know you're on your own and 19 i just i can't get over the whole and the 19 years old bit funny really. part about it was so i'm i'm the baby of the house so i i didn't do shit for myself I didn't do anything like I'd born water if you gave me the chance as it <laughs> relates to cooking I'd maybe get out a slice of toast without burning it mm -hmm. and that was that was the extent of my um, cooking abilities my cooking abilities yeah <laughs> so these lads because he's were, a mama's boy yeah just Mr. Golden Balls over here that's me Golden Balls <laughs> drop me trousers on the sunshines um, but yeah it was they, they taught me a lot they kind of just they had a car, an old Dodge Shadow, mm -hmm. a green thing. It was, uh, it did its job. Got us to where we needed to be. <laughs> to A to B. That's yeah. good. That's all you need. Got us to where we needed to be. <laughs> Wanted to go see oh. what wasn't happening. Wow. But yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, I, I was ruined with Felipe. So the two of us had our twin beds on the floor and, <laughs> and, uh, and nothing but clothes on our back. Mm -hmm. and that was about it. But. The lads that Leo and Leo and Ali just showed us showed us the way really. The ropes, yeah. Yep. They brought us into school and got us set up for classes yeah. and <clears throat> good mentors to begin yeah. with. So then you get this whole experience of being in America. Um, 
what is what tell tell us what are the the main questions you get and you were getting asked when you first came and that you still get asked this day yeah it was that so the first couple of weeks was was very interesting because i was a an anomaly something new and fresh and um i wasn't i wasn't training at that time because i had still had to get cleared i had to be, do a physical and all that good stuff so the rest of the team were already in pre-season i was just doing stuff by myself i wasn't allowed to do anything with the team until i was fully cleared so i'm off doing i'm practicing pre-kicks and sprints and what have you <laughs> sprints i'll use that term loosely <laughs> anybody that knows me knows i'm not the quickest trunks um, for legs <laughs> big arse <laughs> doesn't help but it was um I remember one of the girls telling me afterwards that the girls were all standing around talking about the all the men's team as as they do, and they're they're picking out certain people and trying to figure out what's what's their story. <laughs> and uh, one of the girls had said, "I feel sorry for for Kino, the the Irish lad, living with four South Americans." And one of the other girls was like, "Why is that?" I was like, "Well, they all they all speak Spanish." She was like. Irish people don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. No. It is not our first language. A very good English. No, our, our English isn't the best exactly, yeah. So yeah, that was that was the first one that kinda was like Alright, alright. Got some shelter have some sheltered folk here. Not the not the best with the geography. Yeah. And that was one of the, the other ones then it was uh I think it was in the same conversation. They were asking they're like, Well, they said, uh, so Ireland, is, that's right next to Sweden, isn't it? Again, like, they, they touch each other. Like, no, Ireland's nowhere near Sweden. <laughs> yeah, it's in Europe, but it's nowhere near Sweden. And the girl goes, well, pff, I'm no good at history. I don't know. <laughs> so that was that was kind of a, that was the start for me. It's kind of. Wow. Yeah, some of, the, some of the, my stereotypes for the Americans were coming to true. That's college, though, too. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd say that I, I would hope that it would get better. It was close. <laughs> it was funny. I was thinking earlier, because I had to pluck the old eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I came over here, shaved head, and with a McDonald's sign for an eyebrow. It was just <laughs> one big eyebrow. Well, people used to tell me that I'd say I had three eyebrows. <laughs> or tree eyebrows as I used to say but I looked like a walking commercial for McDonald's like it was just this big M it's a unibrow yeah mm. thank god I got rid of that before I met him that's that's. thank you to the girls yeah. that were in college with you Megan and got Katie that, yeah. got that done for they, me they got me drunk and fucked my eyebrows <laughs> best thing that could have oh, happened oh my goodness so lots of fun questions <laughs> you know um, a lot of what's and Hans, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm guessing the accent really kind of gets people. That was America's favorite word for a few years. For anybody I talked to, it was like, huh? <laughs> huh? What? Can you repeat that? No, can you repeat that? No. Or explain? No. Just, <laughs> what? Huh? What? Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it was it was painful. And I refused to to change. I wasn't, I wasn't going to change the accent. I wasn't going to enunciate. I wasn't going to slow things down wasn't happening yeah and because i wasn't uh, i was too proud mm -hmm. too proud and that was one of the things coming over it was for anybody that's been away which is anybody 
especially for Irish, I don't know what it's like anywhere else, but when you go away from your home, you become more patriotic. You become more about your country and your culture and your way of doing things. Um, it's, it's just one of, you, you kind of mm -hmm. just dig your heels and you become more of a petty. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah, sure. The first time I met Michael and went to his apartment, they had green, white, and orange streamers <laughs> hanging from their ceiling. And I mean, you were not allowed to touch them. Oh, they had no. been up there for like four years. Like you could not touch them. And it was very patriotic when you went in there. Guinness signs. <laughs> I mean, like it was, parents yeah. were sent like, cause at that time, Michael then had an apartment with um, two other Irish guys. So they were like the Irish apartment. They were the Irish guys. The Irish bar is yes. what I used to call it. So everything in the apartment had to do with Ireland, which was really cool because you have to, like, you know, you then have your crew together. You, you know, you you're dig your heels in, like you said. Yeah. You become a, more patriotic. That's who you are, and you don't want to lose that, and that's totally understandable. Absolutely. And that was, that was the cool part about it is the program that we did back home had been going for that one-year course that we that was talking about. That had been going for a few years before I actually got into it. And it's still been going up till just a couple of years ago and the government took the funding, unfortunately. But uh, there were always new lads coming in that were in the same boat as me. We just, we loved playing ball, but didn't know what to do with it because we weren't quite good enough to get to the next level as it relates to, to pro ball. Um, but we still wanted an education of sorts. So we, we were going the scholarship route. And me being the first one here, not to sound conceited or unhumble, but I paved the way for for Irish lads and lasses to come over to, to Mobep. So I was able to then recruit or help recruit new lads coming in. So I was able to bring in and and recommend Joe, who had then come over, who he was the second paddy to come over. Um and we didn't get to live together for I think it was his second year. Maybe his maybe it was his third year here before we actually moved in together and then Dave Kelly came over and then Jer and then Ian and Carl and Sarah and Amy, Amy and mm -hmm. there was a whole, whole bunch of lads and lads came over so it was great um, but it was I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> <laughs> paved the way but yeah it was just it, mm -hmm. eventually when we did get together it just it, it was uh, it was great crack on the weekends yeah. with all the all the patties around and you get to feel, feel that little bit at home because that was one of the yeah. that was one of the big things I still miss now is it's not so much home itself; it's more the people, and and the crack. Ireland has some good people. Yeah, for sure. What it's, was your yeah. What was your experience as a foreigner in Ireland the, the first couple of times you went? I was in culture shock. I'm a, I'm I'm a Midwest girl, like, and I didn't do very well in school, so history was not my. <laughs> Geography and history and all that was not my uh, was not my forte. So when I went over there and realized, you know how different. I mean, anybody that's in America knows it's very. This is a, a huge country, and um, you get stuck in this in this bubble, and you kind of think everything just revolves around us. Like you know, there's nothing outside. As a as a kid for myself, you know, like as a teenager. Yeah. So by the time I was 20, I had gone to Ireland for my first time. The only other place I had been to was Cancun, which I mean, it's Cancun. She doesn't remember that anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, when I went over there, I had no idea. Like, I knew that they drove on the, on the opposite side of the road, but I didn't know how different it would really feel. Like, I literally was like this the whole entire time. I was covering my <laughs> eyes the whole entire time. 
because I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I just was freaking out. Um, everything felt very old fashioned because it's a very old country. Whereas everything is new here. Everything keeps being rebuilt. And I think you guys preserve your culture, um, your history very well. You know, it's still like cobblestone streets. There's still horses walking around in the middle of the road. That's just fingers. <laughs> That's just fingers. <clears throat> there's no central air. It's all radiators. And there's a reservoir for your water. He's lives in the city. There's a reservoir <laughs> and it froze up one time and we had no water or something. Like I was, I was like, I don't understand. Yeah, drop and, below zero for 20 yes. minutes with no water. Everything was written in Gaelic first and then in English. And then, I mean, meeting Michael, obviously, I learned more of the Irish history, and which was very um, intriguing, very, very um, interesting. And to know that they had their, their first language and that they still had, like, Gaelic radio shows and, um, and Gaelic uh, TV shows. TG Carr. Yes, to preserve all of those, you know, all that history that you guys have. And that they learn Irish in school as well. And, uh, I don't know, it was just, it was a culture shock big time and everybody was just so nice. I mean, when they ask you how you're doing, it's like, they really want to know how you're doing. You expect their response. It's really, yes. You really have to be like, you know, you have to talk and then you feel like you're talking too much and then you talk to them and then they keep talking. I'm like, it was, it was just really good banter as you call yeah. it. You know, it's, it's really very funny. People love stories, love tea. And I am. I grew up on tea, but I am like pure, like addicted now. Like real it's like tea three, bags. three times a day. She's for hooked sure. on the real tea bags. Yes. Now. Um, the food is amazing. I mean, I feel like that's anywhere you go though to any other country. You feel like the food is like just so good. But, that, that's uh, yeah. one of the stereotypes that people think of <laughs> and with Ireland is just meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do anything to help that stereotype because I'm a very meat and potatoes kind of lad. Um, that's what I yeah. love. Mm -hmm. and, For sure. And I used to perpetuate that stereotype along with the drinking. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's always, that, that was one of the big things coming over. People expected me to be drunk. Like just normal. Just normally. <laughs> like wake up half pissed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some of those, same and, for me, like this, the culture shock coming yes. here. Yes. It is mad. because you do, you get stuck in where you are. Yeah. And then when you venture out, you're like, holy shit. Like, you know, I am a, I mean, this is a different world. This is completely different. Oh, big time. And it, but it was cool. I just, I didn't realize how different it was. And I thank you for it because if I would have never met you, I probably would have still been the same, you know, Midwestern kind of girl in, in my bubble. Insulated. So yeah. I feel like maybe I wouldn't, I would love to be able to think that I would venture out and I would travel because I, I do have the heart for that. But I, um, I really don't know how I would have, it's just. It was really, it was really awesome to be able to have that experience and to keep having that experience mm -hmm. and to realize that there is a vast world out there yeah. and that there's a lot more, a lot more out there. And I, I think that it was, uh, was really awesome. And the accent, I was a typical American going, what? I don't understand what you're saying. And they would make fun of me because I say awesome and good job. Good job. <laughs> Happy and they would want me, yes, they want me to say things because it's funny to them. Whereas I make you say things like we say aluminum, but you say aluminium, and we say pedophile, but you say pedophile. <laughs> Why did you bring that up? Because <laughs> it's just the way you say it. Yeah. It's funny. It's um, it's just things like that. Like I, the first time Michael was trying to tell me, I we were having you know our first kind of date. We used to get together on Thursday nights and watch Grey's Anatomy. It's like our reason to get together. <laughs> yeah. And um, reason. Yeah. yeah a good one. And we would have those normal first, you know, relationship conversations. And I'd be like, what are your favorite, like, foods, like, sweet foods and stuff? And he was like, poison cakes. And I was like, 
poison cakes. He's like, poison cakes. Poison cakes. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. Like, you, I, I, I don't know if I'm hearing this right. And he's like, pines and cakes. And I was like, oh, my God. Why are we eating I poison was like, cakes? I had no idea. I mean, and you're in your head going, I don't understand. It's like he's trying to speak to me. I know it. And I just don't know what he's saying. And I know it's not right. But it's, I'm not hearing this right. And then just being like, you know, um, the boards and the trees. And I was like, the boards and the trees? And he's like, the birds, the birds. <laughs> I like, had, oh somebody, had somebody do that the other day at the gym. I said, we're going to do some bear squats. Like, bird squats. What's a, what's a bird squat? And then we had a fucking five-minute conversation about how a bird would squat if oh, they were in the gym. It was, yeah. So it still, still happens to this day that people get confused. And There's lots of different things. Early yes. in the morning, I feel like my tongue is just a little bit too big for my mouth yep. and I can't speak properly. Yes. Which it's, makes it even worse. It's unfortunate. And when he talks with his family, obviously, it, it really it lays on thick then too. Heavy, yeah. Oh, big time. And it's great. I mean, people ask all the time. Um, my friend Christina Henry and I were just talking today about um, when people are like, oh my God, your husband's from Ireland? Does he have an accent? And you're like, well, yeah, he's from Ireland. What do you expect him to have? <laughs> like, he has the accent? I'm like, yes. He's like... So now, when I say things, I'm like, my husband's from Ireland. And, like, he's, like, potato-eating, you know, alcohol-drinking, um, you know, um, Irish accent, like, full-on Irish. And they're like, oh, my God. And before, and so then you can just completely get just rid of that. Know. Yeah, get no, rid of that whole thing. No, he doesn't Irish dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we get about our daughters all the time. Yeah. Our kids. Why aren't they dancing? Why Are aren't they, they doing Irish dancing? Oh my gosh, you should totally be Irish dancing. Like, they don't want to. They have the curls for it. Yeah. And so <sighs> that's um, that's funny. And the same thing we were talking about too today was um, about the kids. You know, we're like, oh my god, so your husband's from Ireland. And so do your kids have an Irish accent? And I'm like, no. They live here in America. Like, I, why would they have an, an accent? We just sit in a room together and talk in an Irish accent the whole time. We don't let them outside and speak to others. We have to force them to speak yes. with an Irish accent. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny. Even they make fun of me. I don't. Daddy, think, say yeah. tree. Say yeah. tree, daddy. Go on, say it. Say yes. it. Say. Instead of three, it's tree. Anything with a th is a tr. That's it's just like a t that's t just a, it's a, t a that's a rebellion against the king's English. It's a thank you. We refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes, things are, it's, it's funny. I love it though. It's great. And it's, um, like I said, it's, it's a cultural difference. It's, it's neat. And the same thing goes for, I'm sure what, um, you know, when you found out what Americans say when you came, yeah. you're like, you know. And a lot of it is, that was the thing. People were, because they didn't know much about Ireland or they didn't, they didn't have a, they weren't necessarily educated about Ireland. Um, we have TVs at home and <laughs> So there's a lot of American shows that I watched growing up. Nearly every show I watched was American. Watched watching Bonanza and and again very old fashioned. The A Team and the, all those kinds of things, and even like later on Friends and so all those types of shows um, were were shows that I watched growing up. So I knew what American American isms were. Mm -hmm. So it it was easy to assimilate if I wanted to but I didn't have to ask too many questions with yeah. regard to what people were saying and what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, but just the, it was still a, a culture shock of sorts, just obviously driving on the other side of the road and four lane highways. And I remember the first time I drove, I think I was here maybe 
seven or eight months. Um, Ali and Leo weren't going to school that day and me and Felipe needed to go. <laughs> and Felipe was like, you good to drive? <laughs> and it was Peruvian accent. And I said, yeah, let's give it a go. Shit and bricks. I've never sweat so much. And the, the first time I ever drove with me dad back home, and I, I don't, I never drove, like I drove for maybe six months at home and that wasn't consistent driving. That was taking it down to the industrial estate and when there was no cars around. So out I go on the 270, just raking through the gears. And because obviously stick shift on the opposite side and I'm hitting yeah. the door, going to change gears. And anybody that knows that uh, intersection where, um, 270 wraps around the ballast down by mm. um, down by Missouri Baptist Hospital. That little veer off where you're coming from 270 and you're veering off on the ballast scared the shit out of me and Felipe. <laughs> oh, it was horrific. I did not want to drive home after that. Yeah. It was terrifying. It's got to be scary. But, I mean, it, knowing the different side of the road for yeah. me. Like, yeah. Oh, nightmare. Mm -hmm. But that, that was another big thing was like, there's virtually zero public transport down the county yeah. so you have to have a car um so it was that that was a big shock for me as well you couldn't really like yeah it was walking distance to the to the liquor store who <laughs> was the liquor store to the off license um another one mm -hmm. yeah that those are things that i had to get used to as well um but yeah it was driving here was was rough to begin with yeah scared the shit out of me. i'm sure yeah then you had to go through the whole um process of you know, well, we, we met and then, you know, going through the whole process of, you know, having a baby and yeah. we weren't married at the time. So then, you know, that whole, you're, you were getting ready to graduate and we got pregnant. And I remember, oh my God, I talked to his mom for the first time and she, and I was like, I was already like trying my best to like, you know, be in with his family, you know? So I had met them one time. Yeah, one time before the, summer before, the yeah. summer before we got pregnant. So I had been over there and, you know, introduced myself and we got along great. It was fun and all that and told his mother that I was truly in love with him. And she was like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, move on. And uh, then we got we got knocked up. So then he went home and... So romantic. Yes. He went home and told his mom. And I remember I called him and it was his mom who answered. I was like, fuck. I'm like, hi, Anne. She's like, hello, Colleen. Can I, can I tell the story of how I told my man that? Okay, good. So I, I went home from, by myself for the for Christmas, and I'm just shitting. Brenda already knew. Um, I'm not sure if Martina and Kieran knew, but Brenda knew. So she's like, you just you need to find time with them together and, and just come out and say it. And I'd put it off for four or five days. I was already home four or five days. Just And I was already in his ear going, have you told him that? Have you told breaks. him that? Have you told him yet? So we're sitting down, and I'm in a chair up against the wall my dad's over on the couch and my mom's over in another armchair and we're just sitting there watching telly nobody's talking and i'm like all right i'm gonna, I'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it I'm like no i'll wait i'll wait and I, I kept putting it off kept putting it off and then i was like you know what fuck it, i'm just gonna do it so i sat up and i went right i have something to tell you and i look over and the two of them are asleep <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be shitting me but when i when they woke up i was like here i have something to tell you and uh i told them me and Colleen are pregnant and my dad just busted out laughing. He just started laughing, like that's not fucking helping the situation. And my mom was like, You better graduate. <laughs> yes. You better fucking graduate. Cause like I said, he was about to graduate. This is his senior year. 
But I gave, gave them a, a plan of what we were going to do going forward, which I think put their mind at ease a little bit. But yeah, their, their baby was about to be a daddy. Yeah. Scaredy. Baby daddy. Baby daddy. <laughs> so I, I end up on the phone with Anne, his mom. And she's like, hello, Colleen. I'm like, so I heard Michael told you. She's like, yes. I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed. I was like, oh my God, no. Like the worst thing any parent can ever say to somebody is like, I'm disappointed. I'm like, I know, Ann, and but don't worry. He's going to graduate. It's going to be fine. We're, you know, and all the, you know, and we had already told my parents. And I think the, the biggest thing about us getting knocked up wasn't about the fact that we were, you know, 21, 22. Wait, you were 23. Um, you were 22. I was 24 when she was born. I was 20. Yeah. Anyways, we're early 20s. And... It wasn't about the fact that we were going to have a baby kind of young. It was about the fact that he was from another country. And, I mean, immediately my mom thought that he was just going to fuck off. He was going to graduate and he was going to go home. And then we would never see him again. And I, I had knew no, him. And it, I had no intention of staying here before that, before <laughs> I found out or we found out that we were about to be parents. So I had no no intention of staying. I was thinking, right, I'll go home and then figure out what I'm going to do at home. But I didn't know exactly yeah. what. I was going to do. Because you'd have to then, you only get, what, a year after you graduate to stay in the States? Yeah, you get an a optional practical training visa, go. OPT visa, for OPT. a year. And you're able to get a job and then find a sponsor then to keep you yeah. in the States, pretty yeah. much, to help That's, you get a visa and all that to stay and work. <clears throat> That's the idea, yep. So we knew that was a long road ahead of us, even after we graduated, that we'd have a year for him to, like, find a career, well, he knew he was going to go into teaching, PE and all that, but yeah. to find somebody that was going to sponsor him and pay for a visa for him. And we had no intention of getting married at all um, because we knew that we were only six months into the relationship and we were like, you know, let's see if we actually are meant to be together. <laughs> we like each other. <laughs> let's make sure we like each other, you know. And the good thing was that we did and that we had similar views on how we wanted to raise our children, which was not so much of a cultural difference for us, which was oh, pretty cool. Yeah. It was, uh, we both had the same idea of, you know, like we weren't going to, the whole religion thing, you know, and the schooling thing. We knew we want good schooling and they were going to go to school. And I mean, my parents had offered us to stay in their house and we're still here today. <laughs> I, I wasn't offered. I was told. Yes. You're, Joyce, you're Joyce said, you're staying here. You're living in the basement. <laughs> you're, you're moving in. Start cleaning up You're the helping basement. raise this child. She really thought he was going to leave. Yeah. She really did. <laughs> so it was um, it was interesting in that aspect. And never once did it cross my mind, you know, that you were foreign and that you weren't going to be able to stay or anything like that. My mind was on, you know, me and this baby and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what we were going to do. And then the whole process of then going through the year after graduating and finding that job. And then was told that he was going to be sponsored through the school. Yeah, and it was a nightmare. Then wasn't sponsored. Yeah, and... I was told. Like I asked this, it was a a charter school, in the sense that it wasn't state funded, to a point where, you they they can technically sponsor you, and to be to be sponsored, you have to be able to do a job that an American wouldn't wouldn't do. Um, not picking strawberries or anything like that, but an actual technical job. And they had told me, yeah, we'll, we'll pay for it. And it's like six grand or yeah, something like six grand. And you have to commit to that job for so many years. I think it's six years or something mm -hmm. along those lines. And uh, this, this uh, school or this charter school told me, yeah, we'll do it. So I was like, cool. So I got, I got all the paperwork together myself. I didn't use a lawyer. 
did it all myself. And um, April rolls around because the OPT was up in the middle of May. April rolls around and they tell me, actually, you know what? We're not going to sponsor you. We can't sponsor you. <laughs> what? So, what? Excuse me? And the school year doesn't finish till, didn't finish till, I think it was the middle of June. So I had to stop working early. And, yeah, because he wasn't able to work. You yeah. can't work if they're not going to sponsor you. And so it was literally like, what is our next option? It's either we move to Ireland, which I was totally fine with. I was like, sure, let's go. Let's <laughs> I love it. Let's go. But, you know, knowing at that time the economy was really bad. This is 2007, 2008. So we know that the economy was terrible at that time. Yeah. And for Ireland was um, just as bad. Yeah. Because as Michael has put it before, America sneezes and the rest of the world gets a cold. Which I thought was a great analogy. I had no That's idea. It's not mine. I didn't come up with that. <laughs> I had heard it from him. Yeah. So it was um, really bad. So we were like, what would we do? We'd literally literally be living with your mom. You'd be doing some, you know, bum-ass job probably. And mm. I wouldn't be able to work because I'd have to figure out my then my whole visa kind of thing to do. Um, so it was like our only other option was to get married. And so this is this is how I got proposed to. It was, it was hey, very romantic. Yes. We were on the top, hey. of, a, top of a building. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> hey. The sun was out. Shut up. <laughs> the school's not going to sponsor me. I have to stop working and I could get deported. Or we get married. And I said, well, <laughs> I guess we're pick. getting married. <laughs> so then it was literally like. We're getting married. So then we tell my mom and dad, and it was like nonchalant, like, hey, we have to get married. <laughs> it was like a day before we ended up trying, like, going to get our certificate at the courthouse. I tell my brother and my sister-in-law, hey, by the way, we're getting married. I think I actually saw them in a Schnooks parking lot. And I told them then. I think I told them in a Schnooks. They're like, hey, so yeah, Michael and I are going to get married. <laughs> and my, my sister-in-law, Nicole, is like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Because it literally happened within... Like a week was, or two yeah. weeks or something, and that's how we decided we to get wedding. married. And oh my God, the process! Yeah, it was a mess. We had to get together. Everybody talks about these big binders they have to get together. Thing, we didn't have to do that. We did have to show pictures for what of the for wedding the card. Yeah. No, but there was a big binder because we had was we paid for a lawyer to do it. Oh, the lawyer did it. Okay, yeah. but we didn't. All we had to do was supply some photos of the actual wedding and things of us together beforehand, so that they knew that we weren't just. Getting married for the fact of him trying to get a green card. But then there was all the paperwork that I had before. So all the I-20s that I had to have. Mm -hmm. Like of every time I left the country and came back into the country. All my yeah. school paperwork. Um, bank accounts. Yep. Pictures. Um, yeah, there was, that there we was had a, a, kid lot together. Of, a lot of information. Yeah. And I mean, our, our wedding was literally at a courthouse. And, um, you know, we had and just our really close family. Um, our friend Joe came in. And surprised uh, Michael and was there for that, um, for our wedding, which was really awesome. And we still to this day have never had a big wedding or anything or, or a reception. We keep saying we're going to. We said maybe 10 year, uh, 10 year anniversary we would, but instead we went to Florida. So. <laughs> Just the two of us. <laughs> but Selfish yeah. bastards. Yes. So it was uh, really quick. And, and then it was the whole green card process, which was really scary. One, it was a lot of money. You couldn't work. I was a sole, like I was only working at that time. Um, and we were living on our own at that time, too. And, um, I wasn't yeah. working. Yeah. I wasn't landscaping for cash. No. I wouldn't break it's illegal. the law like that. I That's illegal. That. Can't be a legal immigrant. No. Like, yeah. No. Working. I wouldn't be that illegal immigrant stereotype. No. 
Not at all. Never. <laughs> so that was um, a Here big... Here comes INS knocking on the door. <laughs> it was a big process to just try and get that green card as well. And then finally it was it was done and we were good and Mark, the green card yeah. was, was accepted and he had 10 years. Officially 10 years for him to live here. And the 10 years been up, right? And you just renew it? Or is that coming up soon? Um, so, yeah. Well, I lost the green card. Physically lost it. Oh, I was like, oh, why did I win that? Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, physically lost it. So I had to apply for another one. That took about six months. So I couldn't leave the country or anything within that six months. And that cost me another $400 just to get a new one. Because I had to go through the application process again. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> not with all the paperwork and the interviews and all that mess. But the... the uh, just for the the one form, yeah, it was like a I three seventy five or something. Like yes, that. so it was <clears throat> that so that renewed automatically then. Yeah, and then so you I have it till twenty twenty one. So a couple more years. Twenty twenty two, something years. like that. Yeah, yeah, that was four and a half. I couldn't work the four and a half months that was in the in the the application process. Um, couldn't work, so we applied for it in the May, wasn't it? And I didn't get it till the October. So I got it in 2008. It'd be 10 years this year. Oh, okay. So it was 2008, October 2008 when I got it. So at that stage, all the teaching jobs would be gone at that stage. Yeah. All the teaching jobs are gone well before that. hired and all that. Mm-hmm. So I went looking for teaching jobs, went to job fairs and couldn't find anything. Probably because they couldn't understand me, but mm-hmm. they, um, <laughs> they, they wouldn't give me a job. So I ended up, um, there's another Dublin family that live here in St. Louis, uh, the Duffies. And from from California, um, <laughs> they one of the lads, Damien, was working at. He was the manager at a place called National Cart, and he was very gracious enough to get me a job there. For I think I was there for six months, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to anybody that works there, but <coughs> fucking hell, it was it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Six months of just mind numbing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very grateful for it in the moment because it was, and I'm still am. Because it helped yeah. us pay the bills, and and it was later that April then I, I was able to get a teaching job. Mm-hmm. One thing I have to say about the Irish here is that they find each other. I don't care where you go. Yeah, smell it's like patty. they smell each other. They smell each other out. I don't know. They have a certain scent, and anyone or and like I grew up here, and I will go out, and we have now a running joke. Like who will see who somebody they know first. And it was, I mean, it's really depressing because I'm like, <laughs> I grew up here and he knows more people. He finds more people that he knows when we go out. And I'm like, God, this is terrible. Like, I mean, it's literally like they, they find each other and they, they hook up, they hook up and they, I mean, it's, I'm sure you have to, it's a camaraderie because you're, you're here in another country, yeah. um, outside of your own, you know, your own country. And it's very hard. And, and to find that group is, I'm sure it's a, it's gotta be. Nice. It, it is. It's it was hugely important, and some of the people yeah. that I that I met because first semester here I didn't meet any other Irish, and second semester I knew I had to do two things. One was get a job, and two I had to I knew I had to meet other Irish people. So, me in my genius ways, thought to myself, where would I find Irish people? <laughs> An Irish bar. So of course. <laughs> living over here in Maryland. Or a Heights. lot of wannabes. Yeah, or, yeah. Plastic patties. <laughs> but ended up finding there was a, a bar, Danny O'Toole's, that place 
was one of the reasons that I was able to stay here because I paid bills for three and a half years and met some amazing people there. But that's where I met a lot of the a lot of the people that I know now and a lot of people that really helped me along mm -hmm. the way. But you it, need that for sure. I was I got got to meet the chief of police there and a bunch of the bunch of the cops from the area and mm -hmm. got to meet the Duffies and got to meet Larry McNally, who mm -hmm. was one of the people that really, really helped me here and kinda gave me the, the philosophy or passed down the philosophy of if if you can help another Irishman, help him in any way you can. Um and, and you have for that's sure. something I've always yes, tried to do. Absolutely. If there's any Irish that come over, um, or that need help in any way, shape or form, I I try to do the same and I feel like a lot of the Irish here that I do know do the same. They we kinda keep an eye out for each other mm -hmm. and try to help each other in for any sure. way we can. Yeah. Um we still doesn't stop us from giving each other shit to the the highest extent. Yeah. But we still <laughs> yeah. We it's all, pretty cool. We all get along for the most yeah. part as well, which is which is great. It's really cool because it's a, it's again, it's very different than what you see when you're when you live here. Like we all have our, our group of friends, but um the Irish definitely have a way of looking out for each other in a different in a different way than than we know. Yeah. It's uh it's a different it's a different breed yeah. of people, for sure. Um <clears throat> I love too is the stereotype that was always given. Like it was like, you know, oh the Irish, they must be red hair, freckles, love potatoes, love to drink, they must have a temper, you know, like <laughs> they probably know a leprechaun, you know, with shamrocks and four leaf clovers and I mean like I went to St. Patty's Day parades every year and, you know, as an American <clears throat> with an Irish heritage, like you you love and you hook on to that Irish and Patty's Day everyone's Irish. You know, you hook on to that and it wasn't until I met Michael that I kind of like lost all those but i still find like that people ask me like oh he must love potatoes and he must have a temper and he must love to drink and he must you know and i'm like actually yes he does <laughs> like tick, those tick, stereotypes tick. are real <laughs> <laughs> except for the red hair and freckles yeah i'm that i'm the, that, yes. the black artist as they say yeah so it's just funny how um you know we lock on to that and it's like and it's exactly i mean it's there for a reason. Yeah, stereotypes <laughs> are stereotypes for a reason. Oh, breaking some of those though now. Yeah. Breaking some of those. <clears throat> but it's it's really funny. Um, the women, the amount of women that love and in that accent, I mean, of course. I mean, it's kind of Melt funny. Your heart. It's funny when you go out and we'll meet some people and the older women love him. Absolutely love him. And they're like, Oh my god, dear, don't you just love him? And I'm like, Well, yeah, I'm his wife. Like that <laughs> accent, I mean, does it not rev your engine? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they love him and i'm like yeah i mean i mean i didn't fall in love with him for his looks at first I mean. <laughs> <laughs> look at him they're bleeding head in him i was of course smitten with the and the accent i didn't have a clue what he was saying i mean of course i was like well i mean if it doesn't work out i have a an irish friend <laughs> all right cool <laughs> but yeah the accent is definitely something that gets people all the time that's the one thing that still gets me to this day is mm -hmm. anybody that meets me and if we're talking for long enough, they'll start to take on the accent in some way, shape, or Try. form. Try. And it's some of it's subconscious. <laughs> they don't even brother? realize what they're doing. The first time I met her brother, he was gargled. He had a few drinks in him. <laughs> and he started doing this. I don't know what it, what it was. He was like, I, I'm talking like you, man. A Jamaican that's lived in Scotland for a few years. <laughs> I don't know what that noise is that's coming out of your mouth. Oh God, it's so funny! Absolute mess. Uh -huh. But people just lock onto it. They and they, especially if they have a few drinks and then they start talking like or try to talk like me, and it's painful. Some great things that um, I've heard people ask Michael. Um, I'm not going to name anybody, but we all know who this is. 
But, um, oh, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, do you celebrate Fourth of July, Independence Day? And we're like, no, it's an American holiday. No, that's not, that's not how it works. No. Oh, I did but take But we things. did bring things. I did, yes. One year. I brought Thanksgiving over um, because I wasn't able to be here. But we went to Ireland during uh, Thanksgiving. I brought Thanksgiving over there. I did not get to do Thanksgiving dinner because, one, they don't have anything pumpkin there. Which is very interesting. Couldn't find anything pumpkin. So no pumpkin bread, no pumpkin pie. We did live up to the stereotype though. And, but one thing I had to do was I had to have every single fucking kind of potato on that table. <laughs> I had baked, broiled, boiled, steamed, uh, mashed. Roasted. Roasted. Sweet <laughs> potatoes. Sweet potatoes. We the I mean, everything. It Again, was hilarious. Stereotype. It was hilarious. Prime example was Thanksgiving for sure. Yeah. And I was like, we have turkey. Oh, well, I think we'll do, we'll, we'll do we'll uh, turkey ham. and ham. <laughs> We're going to do ham too, which ham is used. It was in, a proper Christmas then on Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. And then I made everybody go around and say what they were thankful for. And it was just, it was so funny. They it loved was, it though. It was good. It was really nice of them to let, let me do that. A little piece of my home to go over there, which is, again, what we try and do. Um when you leave, you know, your home, especially during those times. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so hard during the holidays, being away from your home. It used to be really difficult yeah. there. It used to, that's when I'd lash into the yes. drink. That's when we try to go once a year, you know, to see the family or they come here. And that's always fun because we get to show them new stuff and take them new places. And they take us places. We have vacations with them. Um, we go. We're very fortunate. It's I'd very seen, expensive to fly. I'd seen more. <laughs> I lived in Ireland for 19 years. I'd seen more of Ireland since, just because every time we went home, we went off and did something yeah. new. So we were, yeah, definitely very lucky that the the family all took us places. We'd, we've yeah. seen a lot of the, we have. a lot of the country is, yeah. My kids are definitely taking on the Irish culture. Um, they Sarah's are obsessed. Our, our oldest daughter, Sersha, is definitely obsessed. And of course, we gave them very Irish names, Sersha, Porig, and Orla. So that's why I always use kid number one, two, and three, because no one can ever say them. Say and horsey, <laughs> seahorse, padraig, and orlate. It's very, it's spelt very Gaelic. So yes, it's, um, it's very interesting, but we love to give them that. They know that they're, they're half American, they're half Irish. They're raised in America, so they're going to have more of those American, um, you know, accents and, you know, ways of life. But we teach them as best as we can the Irish way and they see their Irish family um, either through Skype or on the phone or we can visit or they visit and they love listening and they do not have Irish accents, but are, you know, they like Michael will say the bin instead of the trash can. He'll say the boot instead of the trunk and the kids hear that and they get that. I feel like they have a, a double. It's like in any other kind of um, foreign family that you know, speak Spanish as well as American or, you know, other language like German or, and that's kind of how the kids are with, with them, even with the English language for the Irish, <laughs> yeah. because there's different ways of saying things and doing things. And that's, that's kind of what our kids do. They know the American way and the Irish way, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's absolutely. really fun. Again, once uh, making them more culturally aware of the world around them and not just being stuck here. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. In their little bubble. <clears throat> yeah. So it's pretty cool. So it's very important. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add before we uh -huh. have to time's up? We have like five minutes. So yeah. <laughs> some of the just I remember because talking about the people trying to take on the Irish accent, they always uh -huh. ask about who's the best Irish accent that you've heard people do. And nobody has done it well, but everybody always brings it back to like think of Tom Cruise and Far and Away. Just horrific. Terrible. <laughs> um, what are some of the other ones? 
But no, everybody nobody, goes with Snatch. Nobody does it well, but that's the one everybody goes to with Snatch. Yeah. And they always ask, are those people real? <laughs> <laughs> are they real? <laughs> yes, they're real. Yeah, having but, an RV in Ireland would totally make us It'd, ma it'd make cool. us a traveler. <laughs> it'd make us tinkers. But, um, yeah, Snatch. So everybody thinks that Snatch, th yeah. that, that Brad Pitt character is a a typical Irish accent. Uh, it's uh, It's definitely not. No. But it is. They are real people. Um, but what, what was... Oh, so... There's been a few times that people would ask, um, where's that accent from? And I just... Sometimes I... Texas. Just, <laughs> just so they wouldn't continue to ask or questions. Or how many times have you been mistaken as Australian? Oh. I, yes. I, I used to yeah. work at... Um, Longhorn. Longhorn Steakhouse. No. Was Outback. It? No, I used to work at Longhorn. Oh, it was Longhorn. Okay. But yeah. somebody, I'm waiting on somebody's table and they, they said to me, should you not be working at Outback? That's what it was. It's like, do I sound Australian <laughs> to you? Bleeding Canadians. Oh, you gotta love us, you know? What was one of the, we were down in, uh, we are down at McGurk's Irish bar down here in St. Louis and um, me and Colleen are sitting at the bar and we're talking to John McAteer, Lucky, and... I had to go to the toilet, so off I went to take a piss. And <laughs> I come back, and there's this older fella sitting next to Colleen. And uh, his, his back was to me. So I just kind of stood there for a second, and I was like, let's, let's see what happens here. And your man is trying to do an Irish accent, talking to Colleen, trying to chat her up. And uh, I come back, and as I kind of come back in the picture, Colleen goes, Michael, this, this fella's from Ireland as well. <laughs> And uh, I went to him, Jeez, no way, where are you from? And the man, your man was obviously just putting on the Irish accent. He just got up and fucking legged it. He left. It was hilarious. But it's people like that. They're, they're trying to use our accent to pick up women. It's terrible. It's voted like the sexiest accent. Yeah. I, mean, I think it is. I think it's like number one. And Like Australians like number two. And I yeah. think it's more the Dublin accent. It's none of you cultures. <laughs> You'd have you'd have some that would say it's well no it's like let's be honest it's not the cork the accent. accent it's not the cork accent that's <laughs> the sexiest one in the world boy <laughs> like it's just it's not cutting it let's be honest so yeah so lots of fun lots of fun conversations that we have um, especially with the fact that when you when you find out that he's Irish and then immediately people are like oh my god my family's from Ireland apparently like Galway or like uh, you know, Galway some Ga other place Ga Galloway. Like, oh yeah and they know and it's great I mean we should we're all a bunch of mutts here in the US you know but it's um make sure you watch that line of where you're going a little too far yeah. I'm 146 <laughs> Irish okay my name is actually you know my last name that's real Irish isn't it you know like <laughs> I don't, know. I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know, Gunter. <laughs> Doesn't sound very Irish, but we'll go with that. Either way, it's fun. That's nah, all good crack. It is. It's cool. Not crack as in like smoking the pipe crack, but crack as in fun. As in fun. It's a hooli. It, it is a hooli. So yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for um, hanging out with us and, and letting us talk your ear off some more about some fun stuff that we like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just have any questions, yeah. shoot them our way. Be more than um, happy yeah. to... So again, get back to us. Message us if you want. Ask some questions. Give us some comments. If you need to know how to get a green card or how to propose to a woman, <laughs> don't contact us. <laughs> I'm not your man. I do know the green card bit with the the romantic proposal. No, yeah. not going to cut it. All right. So tune in next week. Um, yeah, we hope to see you then. What are we talking about next? Week? I don't know yet. Huh? <laughs> we'll let we'll you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. Yeah. We'll let you know. We're, this is one week that we're just not prepared that way. But yeah. So next time. We'll see you next week, Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yeah.
Thanks again, guys. See you. Bye.